he's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You know, I listen to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the studio today. Wilshire and Massington. Intercom. I don't have my partner in studio with me, but I do have him on the line. Greg Biggins, what's up? What's up, Coach Keith? How you doing? I'm doing good. It's, it's Five Star Friday. Today it is. We got a five star coach with us. We today. do a five star coach. Can't wait for the listeners to kind of get a taste of Coach Jaime Ortiz, of San Clemente High School, the former high school coach of projected number one draft pick Sam Darner out of USC. But before we get to that, GB, we got to remind people about our sleeper of the week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And we're back. Uh, so, GB, anything you want to share with the, the our fans, the listeners, the audience before we kind of cut to this interview? I mean, if you want to know what a, what a passionate high school coach sounds like, you're about to hear it. I mean, Jaime Ortiz, if you can follow him on Twitter, uh, it's not his name. It's, I think it's Triton Football. But this guy has so much love and so much loyalty and so much passion for, for the San Clemente, where he, he's coached at for years. Head coach recently. But he's a longtime D.C. assistant coach there for, you know, going back to, gosh, 10, 11 years. So he's been there almost 20 years now. And, and you're going to hear in his voice, man, he, he loves the community. He loves the school. He loves the players. It, it was an awesome interview. And it's always fun to talk to him, catch up with him. Yeah, it just remind me of a traditional high school coach, man. A guy that's old all school. about, yeah, old school. A guy that's all about the kids, all about the development and the process and embracing that process. No matter where the kid comes from or where he lives at or where the circumstances are. It's about coming together, building a brotherhood. And he's going to talk to us and share a lot about that in this interview. So without further ado, we're going to bring you Jaime Ortiz, head coach, San Clemente High School, one town, one team. All right, right now we'd like to welcome big-time coach out in the southern section, San Clemente High School, Coach Jaime Ortiz. Coach, how you doing today? Doing well, Coach. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I appreciate you joining the show, coming on. I know you've got... Uh, some really, really great things happening in the program. You got a superstar quarterback getting ready to get drafted. My man Greg Biggins, he's going to talk to you about that and a whole lot more. And always remember, give him the transparent truth. You got it. Coach Ortiz is a titan, so he can't do anything but give the transparent truth. Am I right, Coach? Yes, sir. That's correct. Fullerton through and through. Hey, so obviously the, the big topical thing going on today is you coached a guy named Sam Darnold. Wasn't much of a 
what's, what's a much of a player until you got a hold of him? You kind of molded this guy, Coach. And I want to get into that. I want to get into you. Long-time assistant. Take it over. I want to say 2011. So that would have been Correct. 2012 was your first season. Um, and, and kind of taking San Clemente to heights never before seen. We're talking CIF championships, state titles. But just because it's a hot button right now, let's jump right in and talk about Sam. Uh, you know, the stories are out there. Sam was, was a basketball player. He was, you know, an MVP. He was a linebacker at first. But take me back to the first time you saw Sam as an athlete. And what were your initial thoughts? You know, Sam's family and I go way back. You know, when I first got into student teaching, Sam's mom was my master teacher. And so I've known the family for quite a number of years. And uh, and Sam was a local legend. We call him a hometown hero down here in San Clemente. And when he was six, seven years old, you know, five years old, he was in our youth camps. He was in the basketball camps. He was in the football camp. He was in the, the soccer camp. And he was playing above his years at that point in time. And just from a physical standpoint, what he could bring to the table on the court and on the field, you knew at that early age that he was going to be something special and that continued on through junior high and high school and you know I think his parents Chris and Mike did a great job raising him you've seen it from day one he's always been consistent in his values and his morals and the way he represents you know his university or San Clemente High School and most importantly his last name and and Sam's been a, a pleasure to be around I talked to him last night we talked every now and then and, and just checking in on him and I know he's enjoying the process and I think he said one time in the interview that kind of like you know it's recruiting but now it's the opposite where in high school, he had the opportunity to pick what university he wanted to go to, and now the uh, NFL programs are picking which where which spot he goes to. So it's kind of been a role reversal, but it's still part of that process. Yeah. So, so what did you guys talk about last night? I'm gonna be I'll, I'll be nosy. I know the, the fans <laughs> want to know what, what is the typical conversation with the potential number one overall pick in the draft about a month away from you know from from showtime. Uh, what did y'all talk about last night? You know, honestly, it's usually not about football. It's just about checking in. I know a couple nights ago he went and saw Joe Rogan. You know, so I asked him how he liked the show. And, and, you know, he recently made a tough life for Sam, him and uh, Josh Allen, all those guys. They moved out of Beach Isles down here in San Clemente, and they moved out of it. And so now he's staying at a hotel locally here and, and getting ready for his, you know, his, his many, you know, pro days with the uh, university, I mean, with the NFL teams and really just checking in, see how he's doing and, and how the vibe's going and, and just you know, remind the hand to get some rest and enjoy the process and enjoy every minute. You know, we don't get too much into the whole debate about where he's going to go and where he's going to end up because, in all honesty, Sam doesn't have control over that. One thing's been preached here at Sankey High School, all you can control is your attitude and your effort. And Sam knows that going through, and, and whatever happens, happens. I know he's enjoying the process, meeting a lot of great people. I mean, when you can sit down and have dinner with Joe Montana and, and meet Bill Parcells and John Elway and those likes, something that as a kid, that's what his goal was to do, and now he's living that dream, and that's that's awesome to see that and let, let his family experience that. Yeah, dude, as a Rams fan, Joe Montana was like my thorn in my flesh, but for me, the greatest quarterback I've ever I've ever seen until Tom Brady came around. So that, that's awesome to go to hang out with yeah. with that guy. So let's, let's get back to high school for a second. So Sam is a freshman coming into San Clemente. Obviously, you guys are, you know, I want you kind of to, to kind of break down a little bit what one town, one team means. You guys don't get transfers. You guys don't have players transfer out. The players in your community play for San Clemente. You know, Keith and I have always been saying, in a perfect world, we, we'd love to see everybody kind of just play for your neighborhood school. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. But just talk about, just again, Sam specifically, he's a freshman at San Clemente. Uh, was he uh, on varsity already as a, as a freshman? Did he play on the, on the Frost off team first? Or, you know, how did you kind of bring him along in the program when he first got there? 
Yeah, you know, when Sam came in, he, you know, he, he was a freshman quarterback. He also played a little bit of linebacker um, that year. And, you know, what's funny, you go back to, like, when he was in 7th and 8th grade, you know, we had guys like Travis Wilson and Kyle Murphy. You know, I was recently with the Rams, and, and uh, Kyle was currently with the Packers. And he was kind of like a ball boy and water boy. He looked up to those guys, and he came in as a freshman and just lit up that freshman team. He did a great job there holding that down. Then in the playoffs, we pulled him up to varsity. And that year, 2011, we went to the Pac-5 championship game, lost to Santa Margarita in the finals. But, you know, he was there. We, we played, uh, you know, St. John Bosco. It's kind of an ironic thing is that that second game, that quarterfinal game, he was dressed out, and so was Josh Rosen, both as freshmen on varsity. And uh, he had a great experience there. And, he, you know, we got to experience what it was like to be a varsity player as a freshman in those four games and, and learn from guys like Nick Pasquale and, and uh, Christian Tobery went on to USC and, and Travis and Kyle and Sean Harlow and those guys. And, and kind of sophomore year, he never looked back. You know, sophomore year, he was vying for the quarterback spot. And, and we had a senior quarterback. And, and we kind of decided to go with the senior just because we felt that the senior could get the ball to Sam. Sam was such an athlete. And he can impact the, the game on both sides of the ball. He's starting outside linebacker and also starting a receiver for us. And I use the example of the El Toro game where, you know, he caught a slant for a touchdown. And very next series, he intercepted the ball from, uh, from Connor Manning, and he ran a 45-yard touchdown back. You know, so he's an impact player on both sides of the ball. Towards the end of the season, our senior quarterback got hurt, and, and Sam jumped in as a 15-year-old sophomore and led us to a, a you know, a touchdown of 14 seconds, led the 45-yard pass to to beat Tesoro High School, and that's when he kind of knew Sam was something special. And you know, when he graduated, he was only 17 years old. So he really, unlike a couple quarterbacks out there, he still was a young buck, but did some great things and, and had a great high school career here at San Clemente. So two things just jumped out to me. I'm sure Keith's probably thinking the same thing. Number one, so he didn't go into your 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 lot your uh, your coach's office with his parents and demand, "Hey, coach." I'm a sophomore now. If you don't make me the starter right now, I'm out of here. I'm that never happens. That, that, oh, yeah. never, that, that never happens, sounds like. Yeah. Number two, he, he wasn't held back three or four times. He was a 17-year-old senior. So you're telling me you can still succeed without transferring three or four times and by being the same grade as probably what you should be? That's, that's kind of hard to believe. Coach Keith. Jump in on here right this. What do you think about all this, man? Yeah, you, you know what, uh, Greg, we've spoke about this at length on the show, and I'm a firm believer in, you know, if a guy has it, a guy has it. I don't care if you hold him back 10 times. I don't care if he's 16 when he graduates. If he's got the stuff, he's got it. And Coach just talked about how Sam came up kind of through the one-town, one-team mantra, uh, was a local legend, comes in, impact freshman on the freshman team, gets pulled up. Shows out as a sophomore, catching touchdowns and intercepting balls. So it just sounds like he had the gift from jump. And it's interesting to hear about how um, he was not super specialized at this quarterback position. He was a linebacker. He played receiver. And that versatility shows up uh, on Saturday nights when he's at SC. Hey, so, Coach, this day, I live in Orange County, like, like you do, obviously. And I know how nutty parents can be. So you're, you take over in 2012, and you guys go five and five, correct? Correct. 2013, you guys go two and eight. Yeah. At this at this point, obviously, 2000. I want to say that 2013 season that was going to be Sam's junior year, but he was injured and missed most of the season. Correct? Yeah, we were we were two zero with Sam. He got hurt game three of the season uh, against Dana Hills. 
And uh, after that, we went 0 and 8. So we were 2 and 0, Sam, and 2 and 8 without him. So at, at this point, I know one town, one team, it's all about community, but are you getting any heat? You've only been there for two years, but again, this, this day and age of you got to win right now, are you already kind of hearing people saying, dude, this Ortiz guy, man, maybe he should, he should just be a, you know, go back to being a defensive coordinator. For those of you who don't, you don't know, you were the defensive coordinator, I think, maybe for what, 11, 10, 11 years before you took over as the head coach. So you're, you're family, you're part of the, you're part of the deal. Did you hear any murmuring about, God, this guy, he can't get it done? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I didn't hear much about that. I'm sure it was out there, you know, but, it, you know, we just focused on the kids and, and creating the culture that I thought we needed here at San Clemente High School. And, uh, you know, we, we did have some injuries that went along the way, but at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. And, and for us, you know, when, when Sam was that, that junior, we started like six, seven sophomores that year. And so we knew we just had to weather the storm. And the same staff that went 2-8, and eight, the same staff went 13-3 and won a CIFA State Championship. You know, the majority of our coaches have been here at San Clemente High School for over 10 years or more. And it's a very tight group. And in all honesty, I think it's a, it's a credit to our coaches because when you go 2-8, and eight, it's easy to point fingers, you know, offensively with Sam being out of the offense. It dramatically changed things, what we were able to do. And, and our staff stayed together the entire time and said, this is, you know, respect the process and let's get this done and continue to grow and continue to work. And, and uh, you know, we went from 2-8 and eight to 12-2 and two the next year. And that's a big attribute, in my opinion, to some quality players like Sam and Riley Wimpy, who's now at Boise State, Dante Harrington's at Boise State, and also our coaches who stayed the course and stayed together. And did, uh, I'm a firm believer that adversity doesn't build character, it reveals your character. And, and that two and eight year, you know, in a way, kind of helped shape what we did the last four or five years here at San Clemente High School. I mean, the last four years in a row of 45 and 10 with a league, a CIF, and a state championship. And, uh, you know, just future's bright here at San Clemente High School. And our coaches treat the kids the same way we did with two and eight. Just continue to work, and, and good things will happen. So 2014, you're, you're preaching, Coach. I like it. You are, you're, you're rolling right there, baby. Now, 2014. We go 12 and 2. Now, all of a sudden, I don't think anyone really knew outside of San Clemente what, what, what Sam Darnold could do. You know, I, again, that junior year is huge, especially for a quarterback. Late bloomer. I know I've seen articles of group people, you know, now he had that success at USC. And people say, oh, yeah, we always saw it. There's no chance anybody saw that because I saw Sam a ton of times in high school. And I didn't even see this, at least this soon. 2014, you just unleashed this guy. You guys, like you mentioned, you go 12 and 2. All the way to the CF Finals, you lose a heartbreaker to Tribuco Hills, 44-37. to uh, What are some of the things you remember most about that season? You know, for, for especially for Sam, you know, being injured that junior year, going 2-8, and eight, there's nobody who took the losses harder than him. I think for Sam's first time in his career, he uh, wasn't able to contribute, wasn't able to help. And so I know that senior class, when Sam was healthy, they were committed to, to changing things around. You know, we had a, we had a, uh, uh, our motto that year was Operation Redemption, that we need to get this program back on the map. In 2011, we're in CF Finals uh, playing uh, Santa Margarita, and here we are back in 2014 trying to get back to where we need to be. And, and those seniors did a great job. Nicole Fallingham, who's at Utah, Tucker Scott, who's at Utah. Uh, some great kids who, who took it upon themselves that we need to represent this town and represent this community and get things back in order where they belong. And that's what that senior class did. They did a great job all the way through that entire year, not only on the field, but also off the field. Um, and that's, a couple of them are doing great things in college right now, and, and uh, we're excited to kind of celebrate their success. But I think for our kids, you know, from Sam being injured junior year and bouncing back that senior year, he played every game like it was last and, and, and did a great job that senior year. You know, as an individual player, Sam was, you know, first team, 
He was all county. He was a CIF Offensive Player of the Year. He was the Orange County Athlete of the Year. Um, he was an MVP in basketball, MVP in football, and it was just a, you know a special kid with us around a special program, and who did some really great things for us. Hey, coach, you know what's so funny? It just kind of shows us how fickle fans could be. You know that that season, I remember. You know, I was in studio doing the Fox thing every single week. You know, we had the uh, you know, pre-game, post-game show games on, on Prep Zone. And in the semifinal game, you guys beat Capital Valley in overtime, 20-27. to 27, But Sam struggled badly. I think he had three turnovers. Uh, you know, maybe even one of them might have been either a pick or a fumble, you know, going in the direction for a touchdown. You guys still pulled it out. And I went on the USC message board after the game, because Sam had already committed there, obviously. And people were just dogging the kid. God, the Sam Donald guy is terrible. Why do we even take this guy? He'll never play for us. And now, fast forward a few years, he's going to be the number one pick in the, pick in the draft. But that particular game, and, and I know you're, you're a coach, and coaches remember not just games, but you remember every single play from every single game. But what do you remember about Sam in that particular game? Obviously, it wasn't his best. You guys still won. But, you know, how did, how did Sam kind of rally from that? What did you, what did you tell him? And, and kind of going through the course of the game, you got a sense that, hey, my guy's just not right today. He just doesn't have it today. Yeah, you know, actually, the very first play, I think he threw he threw a pick, threw a pick, uh, first offensive play, and I think that kind of rattled him in the very beginning. And uh, you know, and that was a game where defensively we didn't play great at times, offensively we played great at times, and and it came down to the very end, you know. And what I liked about that was, you know, Sam persevered, led the team, and and the, the players responded around him. And uh, and the big thing about that was, you know, they missed their extra point, we made ours, you know, and that was the difference in the game. So you really think <laughs> That's about football. it. Yeah, that's where football is. Special teams, offense, defense, and you know, when it comes to Sam, one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize, and I think it's true to this day, is that that when Sam went to St. Clair High School, he was a football, basketball player. He played baseball his freshman year as well. He played soccer as, as a young kid. He never focused on football, and he was always a guy. Even through his senior year, football season was over, went straight to basketball. And you know, give you a testament to his character, he got invited to play in the U.S. Army game, and he told me we sat down in a long conversation. He was debating. Accepting the offer because he was going to miss two of his high school basketball games, and he didn't want to let his team down, you know. And so that kind of gives you a testament to his character. But more importantly, I think something that Coach Helen and I talked about is that he's never really focused on just football. He's never been a football-only guy. And when he got to USC, I, I said, it's, you know, the sky's the limit on what he can do. His ceiling so high. And I still think that's true. I think you know he's 20 years old. He's not even 21 yet. He's going to be drafted to an NFL team, and I'm going to be 21. And I think there's still so much room to grow with Sam and, and so much more that he can bring to the table than what you see right now. No, I'm such a fan. And let's, let's rewind a little bit. You know, going got to go through his recruitment because, again, it was unique. He didn't have any junior films to really speak of. In sophomore year, you know, he, he made plays as a linebacker. I know Utah was his first offer, I believe, as a linebacker. But take me through the whole recruiting process. I know, you know, kind of going in as a junior – I kind of got the sense from talking with you, you know, that Stanford might have been, you know, the, the dream school for him. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he had offers from, you know, obviously Utah was, was still there. Uh, I know Tennessee was definitely around. But how did USC come into the picture? And, and once they offered, I mean, was it was it a done deal? Was it was there even a close second? Or was he, was he all at USC the minute they got involved? And how, and how did they get involved? How did he have to earn that offer from them? Yeah, uh, with Sam, you know, only having that couple games of sophomore and a couple games of junior, we had to be creative in how we handle recruiting with them. And I, I do our recruiting. I'm a firm believer. My goal is to win games and also get kids out to school. And uh, with that being said, we, we went and took some of his uh, basketball highlights. 
and put it in his football video so the coaches could see his athleticism, see what he can do on the court, blocking shots, making three-pointers, getting steals, throwing the no-look passes and the stuff that you see LeBron do. And uh, not that level, of course, but we wanted to be able to show his <laughs> athleticism. And what was interesting to me was you had college coaches that were, were coming to our practices or, or you know workouts in December, and but they would also make a point to go watch him play basketball. And I, I told the college coaches then that he's going to be the best athlete on the court. Just watch him. Watch his competitive nature. And he got a lot of respect, you know, from the fact that the way he played basketball that applied to his football film. And I think that went hand in hand. When it comes to the recruitment at USC, you know, I, I, you know, I, I credit Twitter for that because I was watching Twitter one day and I always kind of see what kids are doing and what the what the word is on the street. And, and there was uh, – Travis Waller, who was at yep. uh, survey at that time, there was a discussion about him possibly going to go throw at USC, and they were looking maybe to take another quarterback. Well, when I saw that, I reached out to Coach Allen and said, if you're looking for a quarterback, i got a guy for you right now that you need. And we started going back and forth about Sam a little bit. You know, I, re- I sent a film again in transcripts, and I said, this is a guy that you really need to take a close look at. And uh, they came out and watched him throw, and, and they wanted him to come out and watch him throw again with Coach uh, Sarkeesian. And so they had a seven-on-seven seven event, a team event at USC. It was a camp there running, and, and they invited Sam to come out and throw. And because it was a seven-on-seven seven, you know, camp, that Sam could be there. Sam went and threw for half an hour for Coach Coach Sarkeesian at that time with Coach Helton and uh, went back to the McKay Center and hung out for 20 minutes, went up in Sark's offense, uh, office, and he got offered there on the spot. And uh, you know, it was really from that workout at USC and, and what he did here during spring ball that got him that offer. And, of course, you know, he did the Elite 11 and all that stuff as well. But I think that was the kind of turning point for Sam where when it came down to it, to answer your question, I think Oregon was in the mix a little bit. I think Utah was in the mix a little bit. And, uh, you know, Duke was kind of there. And, you know, it was a little bit cross-country for Sam. But at the end of the day, you know, from the time he was eight, nine years old wearing that Matt Leinart jersey, I think USC was a spot for him and a perfect fit. And he knew going in that Ricky Town was going to be there. He's going to compete with Ricky. And Ricky was there all spring. And, and for Sam, you know, people made a big deal about that, about him and Ricky competing and so forth. And the way Sam approached the things, it wasn't really Ricky Town. It was Cody Kessler. It was Max Brown. He's competing with everybody. He wanted to be that starting quarterback. It wasn't just Ricky Town. Man, Sam's the man. I love that story. And, dude, I, I remember like it was yesterday, Travis was the guy. I mean, I heard it was just going to be a, you know, a no-brainer. If he goes down, he, he just needs to show up and throw. And it was going to be almost a given he would get that offer. I don't know if he would have taken it, but I always kind of sit back because I'm weird and I'm, I, I don't sleep well and I have insomnia. I just lay in my bed and I think, what if? And I always wonder, you know, what if USC had taken Travis and what if Sam went to Utah? Or Sam went to, you know, went to Oregon. Just how much different, how radically different would those two programs be? But obviously it worked out well for Sam. And I, we haven't gotten to the Jack Sears years yet. You, Coach, like, you, got, you got five minutes or do you guys got, you got to go, you got to go teach young minds. No, we, let, let, we, I got a little more time. Let's keep rolling. I told you we couldn't keep you just for just for the amount of time you gave me. I, I, I we couldn't, I need more Jaime Ortiz. More, uh, more Jaime Ortiz, baby. <laughs> so Sam leaves. And people are probably thinking, okay, San Clemente's program's going to take a little bit of a dip. Little did they know, you had a guy named Jack Sears. You guys go 11-3. and This is the 2015 season. 11-3, and play a really good La Havre team, and you lose an absolute heartbreaker in the championship game. I want to say 39-36. to that was, was that, that was a last-second Hail Mary throw that La Havre scored a touchdown on. Again, take me through... 
as, as quickly as you can. First off, how good did you know Jack Sears was going to be? And then you, you got to give me some details on that last game against La Habra. You know, your scoring drive, take the lead. And then how quickly you got down the field and through the Hail Mary pass to beat you guys. Right. You know, the first thing, you know, something we talked about earlier, let me go back on one thing. One thing that I give Jack Sears credit about as well is if you think about our lineage of quarterbacks, when Chase Reddick was here at St. Clemens High School, Travis Wilson was a sophomore. Travis Wilson played wide receiver, and Chase was a quarterback. Chase goes on to Boston College. Travis jumps in. He's a quarterback the next year. Uh, when, when Sam Darnold was a sophomore, he wasn't a quarterback. He played wide receiver, and he jumped in and took his spot. Now he's at USC. And when Jack Sears was a sophomore, he was a starting wide receiver, and he also played in the JV games. We gave him two, uh, one half a quarterback as well, so he can get those reps. And and for uh, for Jack, same thing. It's like when you talk about kids wanting to take off and leave because they're not starting the sophomores. Here's three guys who played another position as a sophomore and you know, earned the right that junior senior year and did some great things. And I think for Jack, playing that receiver spot, you know, really helped him as a quarterback. He came in for Sam late in that that first championship game against Tribuco in the last four or five minutes of the game because Sam got hurt. And then then you know the next year does great things. We go 11 and three. We lost on a hail mary, 27 a 27 yard hail mary last play the game. Uh, Eric Derrier made a great throw and, and they completed the, the pass and won the game. And But I think that game drove us the next year. We got on that bus. Our kids knew that's never going to happen again. And, and, and with Jack back and Brandon Reeves back, you know, uh, Jack had an outstanding senior year for us. Went on and, uh, you know, of course, you know, got some high accolades as well, Elite 11 as well. I think, I think we're the only high school in America that's had three quarterbacks being Elite 11. And Jack's been the latest of that group and now he's competing for the, for the job at USC and and uh, brought, brought this town a, a CIF championship and brought this town a SoCal regional championship and brought this town a state championship. And when you pull into this high school, I mean, for guys, late December after our state championship game, and there's 3,000 people in the parking lot, the fire department's here, the police department's here, and, and they're rocking and rolling and, and celebrating the team. And we got a police escort coming into town, and you know Jack did something special. And I, the thing I give him credit for is after our CIF championship game, uh, after the, po- the Fox post game, one of the reporters asked me, it was J.J. asked him, said, you know, does this solidify who's the best quarterback in San Clemente history? And Jack's response was, no. He said, if anything, I just you know, made this program go even higher, and, and that's my goal is to continue to grow. We've had some great quarterbacks here, and it's my job to make this program take it to the next level, and I'm just passing the baton on to the next guy. And that's what Jack was able to do, and he's you know, had a great career here at San Quentin High School. I'm looking forward to what he can do at USC as well. Hey, think the moral, moral of that story, coaches. If you want to find out, find the next great quarterback, go see who's playing receiver as a sophomore. I think Clemente, <laughs> that guy's going to be the big-time guy. Hey, Coach, break down. I know you've been asked a thousand times. Compare Sam and Jack for me. Um, not just playing styles, but just personalities. Um, you know, I always thought, you know, Jack was, was a better athlete at that same stage coming out of high school. But then you watch Sam and, and just the progression he made. But how comparable are those two guys' similarities and how are they different? Uh, you know, they're, they're comparable in the fact that they're both, uh, they're both competitors. They love to win. You know, I think that, uh, you know, Sam relied more in high school on his athletic ability because he was so diverse in multiple sports where Jack was more of a, he played baseball and ran track, you know, at a younger age, was more just football only. Um, but, you know, I think the one thing that Jack, Jack's got speed. I mean, that, that he's one of the fastest kids I've ever coached. Um, you know, in that game against Marietta Valley in the Seattle championship game, he bust one forty-five yards and a quarterback draw, and it looked like Bo Jackson going through the Seattle Kingdom, you know, and had a great <laughs> run to solidify the game for us. Um, 
You know, I think Sam's got a little bit stronger arm at that point in time, but I also think that Jack had some athleticism and also a little more instinct when it came to the, to the, you know, the nuances of playing quarterback. But at the end of the day, you know, they're both great competitors. They're both winners and, and uh, with great kids on and off the field with, with some great parents as well. So how high is Jack's upside? I mean, obviously Sam's going number one. I mean, let's just, let's just go ahead and say, everyone's saying it right now just about how high is Jack's upside how high can he go someday? Do you kind of feel like he has the same potential as, as Sam at, at this oh, no. point in his, in his development? At this point, yes, no doubt. You know, I think he's he's a special kid. He can do some special things. You know, I think his goal right now is, and we talked about, like I said, respecting the process. His goal right now is to be starting quarterback at USC. You know, when when Sam was not named the starter, Max Brown was named, was named the starter, Sam and I talked about it. He said, my goal is to be the best scout team quarterback and be and be ready in case my number's called. And that's what he did. And I think right now, Jack's main focus is to go ahead and, and continue to compete during spring and compete during summer and be that starting quarterback come August and, and September. That's his goal. Hey, Coach, we've talked, we talk all the time, and, and you can be as honest as you want to be. You've always been extremely honest with me. What do you think about today's climate of high school football? And again, share, if you can, what is the motto of one town, one team? I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. It's all about one team and one community and how you guys kind of build that. You guys get kids as eighth graders, and you guys coach the kids that you have in your community. But obviously, that this day and age of transfers is unlike any that we've ever seen before. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, do you like it? Do you hate it? Is there anything that could be done to maybe curtail it a little bit? Uh, what do you think moving forward uh, about, I don't know how I want to use the word epidemic, but what, what do you think uh, about the kind of the current climate of high school football? You know, for us here at San Quentin High School, you know, yeah, our motto is one town, one team. And that's something that I focused on since I've been here and that we have some great athletes in our community. You know, we're an isolated community. There isn't a high school, you know, right next to us like other schools are in the area. And I've seen, you know, outside of our San Quentin community, kids have bounced from here to there and going from one league to the next league and going from this school to that school. For me, it's hard to kind of process it all because, number one, I, I tend to focus on my program, what I got to do, but also on the outside, you see all this movement. And I don't know, as a coach, how you kind of run your program with all these guys coming in and out. You know, here, like I said, here at San Quentin High School, we have, you know, two players in the NFL right now, Sean Harlow and, and Kyle Murphy and soon to be Sam Darnold. And, and my goal has always been to focus on the kids I have in my community. You know, to me, it's important that we're a community-based program. We're the, probably only high school in, in the southern section where on homecoming day, they shut down Main Street and they have a parade to honor the team, the cheerleaders and the band and the different sports here at San Quentin High School. You know, we, we won our state championship. They had a state championship parade. And on that day alone, our Booster Club sold $25,000 with state championship sweatshirts. You know, so you have a school here that embraces our athletes. You have a town here that embraces the school, and it goes hand in hand. You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that, that you can only control what you have control of, and that's my program. But in all honesty, this is a transparent truth. I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of kids bouncing around quite a bit. And sometimes there's not a right fit. We've had a couple kids come to our school as well. You know, we've had a couple transfers here. But the majority of our kids live here in town. And that's what it's about. You know, we have 26 coaches from freshman all the way to varsity on our staff, and 24 live in this community. And I think that's something that's unique. I think it's something that's novel. And I wish, you know, that was spread out more in other high schools. But, you know, unfortunately, that's not the case. And you know, at the end of the day, CIF, we're a self-regulation body. It's up to each school to regulate, you know, their school and make sure they follow CIF guide rules 
you know, uh, and by, and bylaws and so forth, and it's up to coaches to do that. And at the end of the day, coach got to look themselves in the mirror and say, "Am I running this program to the best of my ability? Am I being a mentor? Am I being that father figure? Am I the guy that this guy's going to invite me to his wedding one day and invite me to his you know son's birthday party? That's the type of coach you want to be because you know my feelings are that whether we're successful or not, whether we win CIF, whether we win state." I won't know our true definition of success until 15, 20 years from now. Are they a good husband? Are they a good father? Are they a good employee? That's when you know you're really successful because at the end of the day, the sweatshirts, the CF rings, the patches, then, you know, all those memories go along the wayside. And it's the type of person you become at the end of the day. That's the bottom line is being mentors to young men and building them the great leaders for the future. Amen, coach. Hey, last one for you. I know you got to go, but uh, give me a, give me a quick, uh, a quick preview of next year's team. We got Brendan Costello had a great year last season. Uh, has looked very good at a couple off-season events this year, but give me a quick scouting report on the uh, the Tritons coming up this 2019 season. Yeah, so yeah, we, season. yeah 18. Yeah, we're not 19. Yeah, uh, you know we're going to be a good mix. You know we have some some great seniors like you mentioned, Brandon Costello coming back quarterback. You know he has the second higher spark score. You know so far in the Nike Nike process, and, and hopefully he gets a good look to go to the lead 11 and be in that fourth. Hey, coach, real, real quick, coach. We, me and Keith have adopted it. It's the Transparent Truth Radiance now. Okay, Bark, Bark is out, so we've decided to adopt it. We're, we're calling it the, the Transparent Truth Radiance. You, okay, you can use that if you want. In fact, just get that going. Transparent will, Truth Radiance. There you go. Hashtag that, coach. Yeah, the hashtag Transparent Truth Radiance. <laughs> you guys get a dollar every time it's announced. It's, it's a fundraiser. There you go. But, um, yeah, so we get a Transparent Truth Radiance at 104. And he's looking to go to Vegas camp as well and trying to prove that and, and prove he's worthy of being elite 11. You know, we have a couple of big tight ends and Jay Baggs, you know, he's 6'5", 225. We have another tight end, uh, Wakely Lush, who's 6'5", 235. So we got some big bookends to go along with that, you know, and uh, we got a couple Brady guys on defense. You know, you saw probably the, the quote by Jim Moore last night talking about Sam being a gritty blue collar kid. And that's, in my opinion, that's what Sam is all about. You know, I use the word scrappy. We got a bunch of kids who grew up together and guys like Rob Farney and, and Ray Farrell. We got some kids coming back to our program. Uh, they have had some success here in the past. They're looking to lead this team. But in all honesty, we're going to be a good mix. We're going to have a couple sophomores in the mix. We have a sophomore running back, going to be, who's going to be the real deal. I think he might get some offers come springtime. And uh, we have a senior quarterback and some senior leaders in the, in the uh, you know tackle spot and tight end spot and, and some young guys that got a really filling. We graduated 28 seniors last year and seven or three your starters and so our, our philosophy is next man up and these kids are competing right now very hardworking group no excuses to get the job done and, and look forward to see what they can do in the 2018 season coach if you got these guys playing gritty and tough which you do that's a testament to you because i've, I've been in San Clemente before it's a beautiful place i would say i live in kind of lonely huntington beach as you go more south it's nicer and nicer you know i kind of live like in the slum of orange county but you get newport newport coast and laguna and san Clemente is one of the most beautiful places in the world so you got you got guys that you're you're getting to buy in, obviously, because it'd be really easy to get a, a bunch of guys in such a nice area who just don't want to get tough and gritty. But you've done it somehow, Coach. You've done it. I give you all the credit in the world. I know we gotta let you go, but uh, this was fun for me and, and Keith for sure. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I know we'll be in touch. It's always good catching up with you uh, a couple times a week. But good luck to you. Good luck to Sam. I'm sure you're gonna be with him on draft day. And uh, I'm looking for Sam to hopefully give a shout-out, one town, one team. He, he needs to do that, Coach. If not, you know, there's something wrong with him. Uh, he's he's got to make sure he does one of those when he gets his, uh, his very first interview when he gets called. 
I agree. I think he needs one time, one team, the transparent truth read. We can get those two things, <laughs> knock it on the very beginning. Forget Nike, forget all the other stuff. It's about those two things will be set. But looking forward to celebrate with Sam on the 26th. It'll be a, a fun day in Dallas. And I know Coach Helen's going. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience for him and his family. And I'm just happy to be part of the process and, and to continue to grow San Clemente High School. You know, one thing. You know, with our community, is we have kids who live on Camp Pendleton. We have kids who live in million-dollar homes. We have kids who live in apartments. We have a wide range of kids, and they just enjoy playing with each other. It's a brotherhood that high school football is all about. That, in my opinion, is truly something special. Hey, are you going to be with Sam? Are you going to be with him in the, on the uh, in, in the blue room or the green room or whatever color they call that room on draft? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. you're going to be you're going to be there. Awesome. Correct. I get to go. I'll be at the big boy table, so it should be be fun. And hopefully, it's a, a very short time at the at the table. We'll see how that's very right. short, right? That's like right. Fifteen minutes short, right? Exactly. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate you, man. All right, guys. Much love. Continue doing what you guys Absolutely. You're doing a great job. Thanks a lot, Coach. All right, you guys. We appreciate Coach Jaime Ortiz. San Clemente High School, coach of number one draft pick, coming up shortly next month, USC Sam Darnold, here on The Transparent Truth. We appreciate Coach Ortiz for coming on the show, giving us and dropping The Transparent Truth. Such a passionate interview, such a, a, a tremendous outlook on football and on team culture, and has some very interesting things to say, GB. You know, the thing I loved, and we can you know, forget Sam and, and Jack Sears and the wins and, you know, Kyle Murphy and, and Shauna Harlow. He's had dudes, but I think what stood out for me was he's a coach who genuinely cares about his players, not just for how many wins they can give him, but what about when he said he won't know if he was a good coach until 20 years from now, the 20 years from now when he sees what kind of husbands and fathers they are. Yeah. That's what he's, he's trying to build men. Yes. And, and I love that because I feel like too many times that we see coaches that are kind of just mercenaries that just want to win games and maybe advance themselves. Whereas Coach Ortiz, you know, he wants to, to advance these kids. And I, he's done a great job. You know, if you know anything about some of the guys that have played for him and you talk to them, they're all outstanding kids. And, and he does a really good job there. Obviously, he's a heck of a football coach, too. So it was a fun interview. And obviously, hearing some backstory about Sam and maybe some stuff that people didn't know. You know, Sam, kind of a pop world legend, but kind of came up and had to wait his turn and played, you know, linebacker. He was a really good basketball player and really late developer as a quarterback. Didn't even play until his senior year. And uh, so it's it kind of a cool, some, some cool stories there. And I, I'm thankful he was willing to, willing to share his thoughts and all that. So it was fun talking with him, for sure. Yeah, no question about it. Coach Ortiz, a, a big fan of the show, and uh, he listens in every week. And, and I really appreciate him talking about, you know, sharing how the character of his team in that town um, and how they come together on Friday nights or, or support each other. It was really great to hear. It just takes me back to, you know, old school football, old school high school football, small community football. And I can I have a really, really high appreciation for that. So we appreciate Coach Ortiz for coming on the show. Uh, it's about time for us to bring this baby to a close. So, GB, I uh, appreciate you always, my man, for rocking with me. It's the Transparent Truth. You know how we do. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Follow the show on YouTube. Please find us on YouTube. Listen to every show. It's dropping every week. It's Five Star Friday. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.